This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3414 for Thursday, the 2nd of September 2021. Today's show is entitled, Critical Thinking May Make You Critical of the COVID Crisis. It is the first show by new host Kogo and is about 11 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, some science you can observe about COVID fallacies and some preventative medicine. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi, my name's Carl, and this is Critical Thinking May Have You Critical About the COVID Crisis. I apologize for not internationalizing the temperature issue, but I think you'll understand it without a problem. I want to take you on a tour of thinking. I want to expose you to some very common experiments. The news media used a spray bottle filled with a clear liquid that turns blue under ultraviolet light. They had someone stand six feet away, and they sprayed the bottle in the subject's direction. At six feet, many large droplets made their way from the bottle to the subject. Because of this, we have our six-feet social distancing rule. If this proves anything, it proves six feet is not enough. But if they told us we couldn't get within 18 feet of another person, how far do you think that rule would get? Well, the face mask takes up the slack, right? Right? If you wear eyeglasses, you've already done the next experiment many times. If you don't wear eyeglasses, you can still observe this experiment. When you come out of a grocery store on a cold day, stop for a while and watch those who are coming in. Those wearing eyeglasses will have their eyeglasses fogged up. You already know why I know. If everybody's breath is going around their masks already, what good is a second mask going to do? You can answer that one easily. How much more effective is an N95 mask on your face over an N95 mask in your pocket? A little. When I spray paint, if the mask seals to my face, I won't smell the thinner, but when it doesn't quite seal, I can smell the thinner. If you can smell the coffee, well, hair should never go around the mask. The next experiment I do nearly every day. I make a cup of coffee, and I put milk into it. You can probably do this with tea also. If you pour the milk in along the edge of the cup, you don't need to stir it with a spoon. With the right cup, the milk will be completely mixed in. Why is this important? If you put a COVID patient wearing a mask in the corner of a room, the air they breathe will be stirring up the room. It won't be as complete as the milk gets mixed, but it will get some mixing done. 
The next experiment requires the weather to cooperate, but hopefully you can recall a previous version of this experiment. It concerns water in the air. When the water in the air is in large groups, or drops, it falls to the ground very quickly. But when the drops are really tiny, they have very little weight but proportionately great wind drag. This allows the tiny drops to spend a lot more time in the air before hitting the ground. The drops that come out of a person's mouth are very tiny indeed. Combine their time in the air with the breathing causing the mixing, and you have six feet and masks adding up to a very short safe time in an enclosed area. The other day I saw two people traveling in a car with masks on. If they are from different families and are brought together for some task that requires them to travel together, the media would have them wear masks to keep safe. If you've been paying attention, you know that if they had different viruses in their systems before the trip, they were sharing those viruses after the trip. And now I drop the bomb, the bomb of hope. There are three web pages that I want you to know about. Two of them testify of the importance of vitamin D3 to your immune system, and one of them testifies to the importance of body temperature to someone exposed to COVID or any other virus. 4,000 to 5,000 IU is a recommended dose for wintertime, but I talked with someone whose doctor recommended 45,000 IU for a short time to get her D3 up to a safe level. Oh, here's another experiment that happens every year, and even those who want you to get a vaccine admit it. When October came around last year, even those advocating for a vaccine predicted a second wave of COVID infections. In order for a second wave to happen, there had to be a receding of the first wave. That would have been during the experiment in the summer. History records this experiment every year, not just for COVID, but for all viruses. Flu season takes a break in the summer. That doesn't mean you can't get the flu during the summer, but it's a lot harder. The politicians don't want you to think about how the sunshine increases vitamin D3 in your system, and keeping your body temperature warm slows the growth of viruses. I want you to ask yourself why the flu takes a break in the summer. And how can we keep it going through the fall and winter? I've mentioned the two reasons I can think of. If you duck up using DuckDuckGo, COVID-19, doctor, and clinical trial, you'll find the first webpage, a YouTube video. A hospital in Spain did a double-blind study with patients who came in with COVID symptoms. All 76 got normal hospital treatment for covid but 50 of them also got vitamin D3. It's admittedly a small study, but the score, 7.6% death rate without the D3, and 0% death rate with D3, means it deserves to be repeated all around the world. If you duck up Radiolab podcast and Invisible Allies, you'll find the Radiolab episode of the same name. This episode suggests that vitamin D3 helped the homeless population weather the COVID outbreak. How few homeless came down with COVID-19 symptoms is notable. If you duck up coronavirus, 2003, and BMR, 
you'll find a web page where a medical professional points out the importance of staying warm to fight COVID. This knowledge is from 2003 and a previous COVID outbreak. We learn from history that we don't learn from history. But medical professionals should be required to answer for this information from 2003. When I was a kid, if you came in wet from winter weather, your mom would say something like, get out of those wet clothes before you catch your death of cold. After this, some people calling themselves scientists said, you don't get a cold from being cold, you get a cold from a virus. Unfortunately, we've built a society on this misinformation. Though there's some truth to this, those who paid attention knew that being cold for a length of time could lead to catching the flu. Now there is evidence that many, if not all, viruses replicate faster if your body temperature is reduced by 5 degrees or so. Spiking a fever is probably a way for your body to fight off a virus. Some people assert that a fever, if it's less than 104 degrees Fahrenheit, should be encouraged. How do people get their temperature down by 5 degrees? The group of people in Texas who got COVID together worked in a meat packing plant. Cold extremities? Probably. Another method to reduce the temperature of people's extremities is to take them to a hospital. Most of us have had the experience of being cold in a hospital room. There's valid scientific reason for this. The air is kept cold around beds made with stainless steel to keep condensation from forming and to keep bacteria from growing on parts of the bed. While this is important, it's also important for the patient's body temperature to be maintained. One solution would be to supply each bed with an electric blanket. My government, and probably yours, wants everybody vaccinated. But they don't trust the vaccines enough to hold Big Pharma accountable for the damage the vaccines cause. The unvaccinated, who already have antibodies for COVID, are on their list. But if they already have antibodies, what use is the vaccine to them? It's an important question because there may be reasons governments want people vaccinated other than health. If they are ignoring vitamin D3 and body temperature and concentrating on experimental vaccines, then public health is clearly not the issue. I think we need ambulance chaser lawyers for the COVID crisis. If someone has an ambulance chaser lawyer send a registered letter to a hospital or a nursing home detailing the importance of vitamin D3 and body temperature to fight COVID viruses, they will have to give patients vitamin D3 and keep them warm. Just a few institutions as targets are all that will be necessary because the rates of serious infections will show the efficacy of this treatment. Once this information goes public, the ambulance chasers will be able to drain money from any institution that ignores this, possibly including governments. If you've already had COVID and don't want to get an experimental vaccine, you should get an antibody test. If you already have the antibodies for COVID, public health cannot be a reason for getting this experimental vaccine. An ambulance chaser lawyer can then drain money from whoever compels you to get the vaccine and then fires you for not getting it. If a company or school system or hospital compels their employees to get the vaccines, even though the drug companies are given immunity by governments, 
The company that requires vaccination should be held responsible for harmful side effects and death. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.